Welcome to the Well Ministry Podcast, where we want to help you understand the Bible. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Pastor Nathan Walter. All right, you guys, if you will turn to Genesis 13 with me. We are cruising through. Um, if you weren't here last week, uh, well, actually, let's read this and then I'll recap a little bit. Uh, we're following Abraham, whose name has not been changed to Abraham yet. He's still known as Abram. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev, which means the south, with, with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier, and where he had first built an altar. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at the time. So just a little recap. Abraham has been kicked out of Egypt um, because he had, um, Pharaoh had seen uh, Abram's wife and wanted to make her his wife. And Abram lied and said that she was his sister. Um, and so then a plague comes on Pharaoh's house. He figures it out. He sends them out. He's like, get these people out. He tells his guards, get them out. And as far away, make sure they leave Egypt. But they also get some livestock and they get some silver and gold. Um, so this newfound increase in wealth comes from Pharaoh. This blessing had come, this blessing had come as a result of Abram's deception, okay? From telling Pharaoh that Sarai was his sister, and he did this to save his own life. Um, and, and we may think that Abram was blessed because of, of, with all these things. Man, what a blessing. He lied and did this, and then it ends in a blessing. He gets blessed with all these things. Sometimes as Christians, I think we, we want to follow the blessings, we, we want to look and say, oh, the blessings are the path to God. We'll just follow the blessings. If things are going good, I'm on the right path. If things are going smooth, I'm on the right path. Sometimes we forge our own way and we think, well, either God will bless me. That's how I'll know. God will either bless me or he'll close the door. Those are the two options. And I'll just go based on that. Sometimes we don't base our lives on what God said, what he said to us personally or what he said in the word. Rather, we base it on circumstance, on how things look. I remember um, I was in college, and I, um, I just felt like God was telling me. I always say felt like that because I come across so many Christians where, like, God told me this, and, like, God spoke to you, and it caused me to doubt a little bit. God told me to move to Florida, um, and I wasn't, like, super excited about it. I remember I called my mom and called my dad, and I was kind of like, ugh, this is crazy, but they were very supportive. And so uh, we, we started this band, and we went around, and we um, spread the gospel in our own very strange way. Um, and then later, we, we felt the call to worship. We felt like, man, we need to move this band into like worship. That's where I want to be. That's what I want to do. And it kind of ended up that it was just me and Daisy after we made that call. And we were like, well, how are we going to do this when we don't have any a band <laughs> behind us? How are we going to do this? And I remember um, I was at like a small group at church, and I was like, well, I, I don't know how it came up. But I was like, well, I just told God, if you want me to do this, you need to give me these things. And then I'll do it. I'll wait for you. You want me to move into worship? You told me to move to work. Move into worship. Well, give me a band, and then I will do it. And they said, and I was like, so I'm not really 
you know, I haven't decided on anything. I'm just waiting on God. And they were like, well, you have decided. You decided to stop. And I was like, you know, shut up, man. You don't, you don't know my life. Um, no, but I was like, nah, you're right. I did. I decided, well, you told me to do these things, but you didn't provide me with the things I needed, so I'm going to stop. You know, I looked at the situation and said, I can't do these things without this, right? And so, but we don't really see people in the Bible basing any of their decisions on the blessing, on following the blessing, or at least our idea of what blessing is. Because Jesus' idea, his idea of blessing is very different. And I, I don't know if we really like it. It's not really that great. Um, Matthew 5.3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Let me read that again. Blessed are those, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We then see in James 1 that it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, pure joy. That's it. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position of humility. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So really, based on this, if we really want to judge the path we're on, we need to judge based on these blessings, right? Not like, are things going good? Awesome. We're like, well, am I facing trials? Yes. Awesome. Are people persecuting me? Awesome. Yes. Amen. Praise God. I'm moving on the right path. Are people saying all kinds of evil things about me that aren't true? Yes, check number three. <laughs> I am moving in the right direction, right? Like that's how we, that is, is the blessings we follow, not the blessings of like, are things going smooth, right? These blessings that are given to Abram end up causing problems, the bickering, fighting. Abram already had a large group to care for prior to the famine. That's why they went to Egypt. He had a very large group. They're moving around trying to find water. But now with all this new livestock, their group is too big. It's too big to provide for. And so Lot's men and Abram's men begin to bicker and fight because the land can't support both of them. And it also mentions the other people in the land. The Canaanites and the Perizzites are also in the land. So they cannot, this land can't support them. This blessing has caused fighting. So if we continue in verse 8, so Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zor was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Note, because it wasn't that great after so Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. 
Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Now we really need to understand the importance. I mean, it just seems like they're splitting up, but we need to look at this and understand the importance of these verses because we need to understand the relationship between Abram and Lot. Okay, so I'm going to read 8 and 9 again. So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Man, reading makes you thirsty. So this split, it seems simple. It doesn't take a long time, but it's not easy. It's not an easy split. If you remember, Lot's father had passed away before they had even left from Haran. It's named after Lot's father and Abraham's brother. Lot is the only non-immediate family member who goes with Abram from Haran to the promised land. The only non-immediate family member. I think in many ways, Abram has become a surrogate father to Lot. And Lot has become a surrogate, surrogate son to the childless Abram, because Abram has no children. After Lot lost his father, right, God told Abram, leave, leave your land and your family. Leave your country and your family. And Lot comes with him. He allows Lot to come because he sees Lot as immediate family. And Lot goes and ventures out on this crazy expedition because he obviously trusts Abram and looks up to him as a father. That's what's happening. Okay, so they're very close. Abram loves Lot. And because he has no son, he's kind of looking, I believe, he kind of looks at Lot as his son, right? And, and I think that this is proven here because he seems ready to give him the promised land. They've already, God has already, he's already been there and God has promised him and said, this is the land. This is the land I've promised you. This is your land, right? And then Abram comes to this place with Lot and says, pick what you want. You pick, right? You're looking at the promised land and you're looking at this other land. You pick what you want. And Abram, because sometimes we start thinking, he might think, hey, maybe because I have no son, maybe God is going to move through Lot because I see Lot as a son. Maybe God, maybe my brother died and God knew that would happen. Obviously he did. But, and so Lot is going to become the, the promise, you know? And so in Abram, you just see him saying like, by offering it to Lot, you can see him saying, if you want it to be you, if you want it to be you, I want it to be you. If you'll take it, I will give it to you. I will give it to you because I love you. This is a fatherly love. This is a fatherly love to say, this is what God has promised me. This is what God has promised me and my descendants, but I have no descendants and I'm viewing my descendants like it's you. And so if you want it, if you want the promise of God, what God has given me, you can have it. I will give it to you. Like, this is a fatherly love. And this is a pure, even though maybe a little misguided, love. How often do we want others to have what God has promised us? How often are you like, oh, God, you gave that to someone else and he promised it to me. Praise you. Oh, my gosh, I am so happy right now that they received the blessing. Right? Often, when other people receive blessings, we're like, well, God... Why are they getting a blessing? You kind of promised me that, and here I am waiting. And we don't say it like that, you know? But, but we kind of just like, I mean, how often when other Christians are blessed, you're like, kind of like, hmm, why is that happening? But here we see Abram saying, you can have it. 
you can have the blessing if you want it. And Lot goes the other way. Lot's like the first backslider. He's offered a choice and he chooses wrong. Now, if you go to the uh, place where Abraham and Lot, Abram or Lot, separate, so they come from Egypt along this white dotted line that they followed through the desert, and they end up there right where it all kind of splits. And so when they're looking down to the right or the left, right, they're, they're looking this way. I want you to, they're looking this way. They're looking down. Okay, so Canaan is to the right, and the plain of Jordan towards Zor is to the left, okay? And, and Canaan chooses the left. And, and this, this is kind of symbolic. In Matthew 25, 32, it says, All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. The people who are not his children be on the left. And Lot chooses the left, which is why left-handed people are evil. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But people think weird stuff like this. My daughter's left-handed. She's actually kind of both, and I think it's awesome. Um, but like Lot chooses the left and heads east, which might be confusing because east is always right. Right? <laughs> I remember one time we were, we were traveling in the band, and we were in a van, and like, we were like looking for the venue, and the, our drummer, it's always going to be the drummer, um, says, uh, well, we're going east, right? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, well, go right. We're like, why? He's like, because like, right is always east. And we're like. <laughs> and like, there's a temptation to say, should we straighten this out? Or this might be really funny later on in life. And so I held my tongue. And I'm not going to be around for that joke to hit, but it's going to be worth it. So, so Lot chooses what looks good. Lot chooses what looks good. Lot chooses what he can see with his own eye. He makes a wise earthly decision. He says, no, I don't want the promised land, the blessing. I want what looks good over there. He, he, he goes by what looks good by earthly standards. But being with Abram all this time, right, looking up to him like a father, shouldn't he have known better? Shouldn't he have known better? Shouldn't Abram have like brought him up in the way he's to go? And probably he did with his words, but what has Lot seen? What has Lot just seen? Maybe we've forgotten or overlooked the fact that this is that what he's just seen from Abram. He watched Abram make the wise decision to leave the promised land because it looked like God wouldn't provide for them through the famine. And then he watched as Abram crafted a clever lie to deceive the Egyptians and save his own skin. And maybe to Lot, it was like, well, that worked out pretty well. That worked out pretty well. We got all this livestock. We, we have to remember, sometimes young people, not sometimes, always, young people, our own children, people in the church, people in the world are looking to us, and, and they're not always thinking or interpreting things the way that we are, right? Right? Because sometimes God can reveal to us, this is what I did, this is what you did wrong, but we're not actually going to be like, hey, listen, you know how I did that thing? That was awful, okay? That was wrong. Don't do that. You know, we just kind of take the lesson and learn it. But, but Lot, obviously, processed the information a little bit differently, right? And I, I, and I don't think Moses, Abraham, sorry, they're all the same. Um, <laughs> Abram gets them all together and like, hey, let's have a little powwow. Everybody, can everyone hear me? Okay, that was a mistake. 
okay, God? I just want to say that that was a sin, okay? I didn't trust God. All these livestock, it's not a good thing. You know, he didn't say that, you know? I mean, he might have. He might have, guys, but doubtful. And I have, I'm like, really know what I'm talking about. So, so he may have processed that internally, but I, I doubt he shared it with the group, right? And like, if you're an adult, you know that when, in the end, a, a child does something that's wrong, makes the wrong decision, you say, that's not what you do. You shouldn't have done that. What do they say? Oh, that's what you did. And what really happens is like, you're like, hey, you don't say that word. And they're like, well, that's what you said. I'm like, well, that driver was an idiot because the light was green and had been green. No, but that's what they do. They're like, they say, well, that's what you did. That's what you said. And that's when it comes back and you're like, Man, and sometimes it, it, it's, it's a lot, it's a bigger deal than like saying idiot. So often you're like, when it hits, you're like, oh, oh man, I can't believe I was the example that led you to that decision. I cannot believe that, me, that living in my mistake, my mistake led you to think that. And it was all going on without me even being aware of it. I wasn't even aware where I was leading you. I was saying one thing with my words and doing this, and it led you to a conclusion that isn't true. And when it hits, man, it can, it can be heartbreaking. And this is heartbreaking for Abram to offer this to Lot and Lot to choose, to watch one he loved like a son choose the wrong path. He offered it to him, and he chose something else. And how much more heartbreaking might it, have, might it have been for him to suspect in his heart that he might have played a small part in Lot's decision. Uh, he's doing this maybe because of me, maybe because I wasn't a good example. I think it was inevitable. Lot came from idle roots. He also came from Ur. He came from the city. Um, and we can see that when he's given the option, what he chooses is to gravitate back towards an urban area. Uh, an evil secular city that reminded him of earth. He eventually went back to what he left. Something in his heart must have missed it or desired it. And so he walks away. He walks away from the promise. How heartbreaking is it when someone you love walks away from the promise? Just walks away. It's heartbreaking. And, and so often we as Christians wonder, did I do the right things? Did I say the right things? Did I cover that? If, if only I had had more time. If only I had done things differently. I know so often when I was a youth pastor, kids would go to college and then like, oh, and being on social media is the worst because then you see their like opinions on things and you're like, oh, God, that's what you think? Let me just write you real quick and let you know that that's false. It always works. They're like, thank you for setting me on the right path. I'm like, hey, you're welcome, anytime. No, but I'm like, man, did I cover that? Did I, did I go over that? Did I give them enough of a foundation? I know we, as parents, you do that, right? You're like, ah, oh, I don't know if I did. This is a sad moment for Abram. It's a sad moment. Not just due to the split that he's going somewhere else and he's not going to see him, but due to the choice made by his surrogate son. And don't think in the back of his mind that like Abram didn't think of Lot as the backup plan because that's what we do. Abram was like, okay, maybe God, I haven't had a son. Maybe God means it's going to go through Lot. 
That, that's what we think. It's not working out the way I thought. God isn't moving the way I thought. Maybe, and you'll see they, they develop a few backup plans. Maybe it's through Lot. And so when Lot leaves, how, how much more empty does Abram feel like, well, that wasn't my backup plan. Now I don't know what you're going to do because I don't have any children. You've promised my descendants this land. You've promised I've had, I will have more descendants than like the stars in the sky. And, like I, and now the only option I had is, is out of the picture. Now, now I really don't know what I'm going to do. Now I really don't know what I'm going to do. And that's what's so awesome about God is God will like will say, yeah, well, that wasn't the plan. That was your plan. And that was so cute. It was the cutest little plan. I enjoyed watching you make it. it I saw your drawing, and it was adorable, but that's not the plan, okay? Um, though, and in verse 14, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are to the north and south, to the east and west, all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. So Abram went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron where he pitched his tents and there he built an altar to the Lord. So God reminds him the promise is still valid. The promise is still true. The situation has changed. And in your mind, it's gotten worse. And the promise is every step of the way is going to seem like you're further and further and further away from the promise. But my promise is still good. It's still good. And I love that God is so faithful to remind him of that, to say that again. He could just be like, this guy is unbearable. He's unbearable. Lot, not Lot. Look at Lot. He can't even grow a good beard. He, you know, like, but he reminds him. He's like, you, you know why we like backup plans? Because it makes us feel safe. Well, if this doesn't happen, I've got a backup plan. And if you don't have a backup plan, well, people will even be like, do you have a plan? Yeah. Well, do you have a backup plan? Because your plan's going to fail, right? Like, you're supposed to have a backup plan, right? But God says, I'm going to do what I said I will do, and the changing of the circumstances hasn't changed anything. Hasn't changed anything. So how did Abram keep going after this heartache? How, how do we keep going in times of separation, in times of heartache? Because for Christians, in our Christian walk, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. I don't know how many Christians I've had in and out of my life, right? And many times because they've walked away from God, just walked away from God. And, and, and it's heartbreaking. And things happen in our Christian walk that are heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And, and it's like, oh, this, this Christian thing sometimes gets heavy. But it gets real heavy. And it hurts. Um, I remember a, a few years ago, there was this, uh, this song that came out. It's a Christian song. Um, that like uh, sp- spoke to us and, and the people in my circle because it was just like, um, like, you, you, like, come together and be like, hey, have you listened to that album? Yeah. Did you listen to, uh, did you listen to that song? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Right? Right? That was the girls. I was like, yeah, I listened. Didn't affect me. My heartstrings weren't pulled. They're made of iron. Um, but I'm just going to read these lyrics. And it says, uh, and I hope I don't cry because it's not that great of a song. But the lyrics are good. No, just kidding. So it says, 
Uh, you know what really gets me? November rain, Guns N' Roses, uh, every time. Uh, just starts raining in my heart. All right. Now everyone's going to hold this up to Guns N' Roses, November rain. They'll be like, it's not as good. It didn't start out. Could we get some rain sounds in the background? Um, this is all I want, that the love I have for you doesn't fade along with youth. Can you help with that? The reason that I ask is I've seen far too many friends walk away and not come back. And I want more than that. I won't wash away like branches in rain. I'd rather be kindling in the light. So set me on fire like I've never known. I want to love you more as life goes on. So all of my days, I'll place my first love first again. This is all I pray over everything I ask. That my friends one day come back. Can you help with that? God, I know you can. I know that you can. Because the fire won't mean a thing if it ends right here with me. You want more than that. The river runs fast, but you waded the banks and pull us like driftwood from the wild. So set me on fire like I've never known. I want to love you more as life goes on. So all of my days, I'll place my first love first again. Once I was drifting, but you called me home. So I'll give my life for the ones still lost. And I'll see my friends reclaim their first love first again. And you'll see this world return and your first love love you first. Oh, 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 oh. This is where it gets good. Oh, oh. Don't you hate when they put that up and like they put it on the screen and we're like, are we supposed to sing that? Oh, I don't know. But like this song was so sad because it was like, this is the story of our lives. Story of our lives. People walking away, people we've walked with for a very long time, people we were close to, and they just walked away, and it's heartbreaking. Not just because we're, we won't be friends with them anymore, we won't see them anymore, but because we just know what it means, and it's heartbreaking. And this is what has happened to Abram. And he survived moments like these because he returned to his first love every time. He returned to his first love every time. Right after, I don't know if you caught it, but right after his mistake in Egypt, right after he makes that big mistake and he gets kicked out of Egypt, in Genesis 13.3, it says, From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai where his tent had been earlier. He went to the place where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. He went back to the beginning, back, and it says there, Abram called on the name of the Lord, where he had first built an altar. He went back to the beginning. One thing I tell people when they're like, oh, I haven't heard God's voice in a while, I say, well, what was the last thing he said to you? It's usually something you haven't done, and it's always true. It's always like, well, yeah, he told me to do this, and I still, I still did it, and now I haven't heard his voice. And it's like, well, that's because you have to go back to where you made the mistake, and make the right choice. But it goes beyond that, going back to the beginning. Sometimes as Christians, we get a little, we get a little war-torn, right? Because it's a battle. And we get a little war-torn. We get a little overburdened. Things get heavy, right? We have bruises and scars from the battle. Things are heavy. But I, I don't know if you have this feeling, but I remember when I first got saved, 
I would just wake up and like this, it'd be blue skies and I'd be like, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Lord. What do you want me to do today, Lord? I, oh, I, I love you so much, Lord. And there was just this spark and there was this innocence and there was just like, you go into church and you're like, everyone in here just loves God to the fullest. I love it. I'm here with my family. Hi, what's your name? I'm Nathan. I'm a new member of the family. I didn't act like that because they'd be like, you're weird. But there was this like this joy and this spark. Like when you first realize, when you're, when you're standing there in a church, wherever you're standing, and you realize as you say the prayer that Jesus loves you. When you realize how much he loves you. When you first realize that Jesus had a plan. He had a plan for your life. He's got a plan. When you understood, man, you know what? I'm safe. I'm safe. And not because of a plan, not because of a backup plan, but I feel safe because I'm in his arms. I realize there's a God who loves me, and I realize he has a plan, and I realize that he's going before me, and I realize that no one knows me or cares, but he knows me, and he's always known me, and he cares, and he's always cared, and things are never going to be the same. Things are never going to be the same. Things are going to be different, right? And we walk with that. Do you remember that feeling? Have you lost that feeling? Have you lost it? Because we need to go back to the beginning. We need to return to our first love. We need to return. It's not, it's not like we're like renewing our vows. It's like we're renewing the spark and the innocence. The innocence. Matthew 18, 2 says, He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We need to become his children again. We need to take moments to just sit in his lap and enjoy his presence and trust him with everything. Where it's just like, yeah, you know, that's heavy. My life is heavy. And I don't know what to do. But I told my dad. I told him. And he's going to take care of it. And I don't know, I don't know what he's going to do. He doesn't bother me with things like that. I don't need to be bothered with things like that. He's going to take care of it because he loves me and he's good. And all I'm doing is returning to that place and telling him and saying, hey, God, God, things are rough. And this is what I need. This is what I need from you to do. And just to feel his arms wrap around you and be like, it's okay, my child. To be reminded that we are his children. We are his children. And just know, you know what? He's going to handle it. He's going to handle it. You know how I know he's going to handle it? Because he always does. He always does. He handles it. The other day, we were out um, eating uh, breakfast, and um, my uh, uh, Diane, uh, my mother-in-law, called me later, and she was telling me, and this is like a common occurrence when we eat breakfast, but she was just telling me that she noticed this, like, and Flynn um, just eats his meal, and he also eats my meal. And he's like, oh, what'd you get? Oh, tomatoes. Okay, I'm going to have a tomato. Oh, what's that? And he's just like, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm not even like, it's just like, yeah, he's going to eat my stuff. He's like, oh, you got the link sausage? Well, I got the patties. Let's see what's on the better. I'm just going to take <laughs> And he's just like, hmm, okay, well, I'm going to eat yours, you know? And she was like, and, and at first, you know, I thought God brought it to my attention because he was just showing me, you know, how cute it was. But then God said, that's how I want you to be with me to know that all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. You're my child. You're welcome to it. This is, this is all mine, and you can have it. It's yours. 
And like Flynn had that trust of like, he didn't even ask, can I have your, he just leaned over and was eating. And he was just, just like, and it's like tasting of the goodness of what I had. And that is what God was like, that's what I want you to be. That's how I want you to be with me. Like my children, just come, come and, and taste my goodness. All I have, all that I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. But like, it just gets, we forget, we forget who God is. And we call him father, but like sometimes there's like this distance. And that's so funny that you, it wasn't funny. It was God, but you prayed Abba. And it reminded me of this story that I had a friend went to Israel and they were like uh, sitting out on the lake of uh, Galilee, just on the shore. And they watched like a little Jewish child running to their dad. And they were like, Abba, Abba. And it was like, oh, that's what they call their dad. You know, because we think when you throw that out in a prayer, it's like, Abba, father. <laughs> Uh, and like, and like, we should go into Latin or something. And it's like, Abba, it's like, oh, Abba. It's like, uh, or you're like, mm, mm. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that was my disco. I don't know. But like, but it's like, no, that's just what they call their dad. That's just their dad. So it's like, dad, father, you know? It's, it's this intimate, close relationship that, that we are welcome to enter into. And that's what he wants. That's what he wants from us. He just wants us. To, to be with him and enjoy him, to enjoy the pleasure of his, comf- of his company. And guys, that's what, that's what worship is, okay? Worship is not a segment of the service. You know, so often, like, and honestly, I could worship a lot longer, but it's like just a segment of service. We're like, okay, and some people are like, I can't wait till this worship's over. You know, and sometimes the worship is really short, and, the, and the, like, you listen to the person speak for a lot longer. We listen to someone speak for longer than we worship Jesus. Is that weird? I think it's weird. But mainly because I don't even want to talk. You know, no, I'm just kidding. But like, it's strange. It's not a segment of service. It's where we have a heartfelt exchange. It's where we, we like, um, it's where we have a heartfelt exchange, not some token conversation where we're singing these words like that are on the screen. It's a heartfelt exchange. It's like a place where we get intimate with God. Like, it is where I feel the most, where, like, I'm just, like, feel peace and joy, and I get back to that place. And, guys, as Christians, we need, all of Christendom needs to go back to the beginning. We need to go back to the place where, like, I mean, because sometimes it can get, like, man, I don't even know what my theology is. Somebody said something, I don't know, sprinkle dunk, sprinkle dunk, I don't know. Sprinkle's not in the Bible anywhere, but anyway, um, it's just like, you know, and, and we're just like, oh, I just want to be right, and I'm hearing this, and I'm hearing that, and things are so confusing, and like, and it's just like, God's just like, leave it, leave it, come here, come here. That's what I always do when my kids are like, and everyone is yelling, I'm like, stop, just stop, come here, come here, sit on my lap. Now, what happened? Tell me what happened. Okay. Okay. I'll handle it. I'll handle it. I've got it. I think that many of us need to let go of some things and get back to that place with God. Just go back to the beginning. Go back to our first love. And not that we left him, but we left maybe some of the spark behind some of the trust behind, some of the hope behind, some of the joy behind. And God's like, it's all here for you still. It's all I have for you. It's all I want for you. And I have plenty of it to give. Just come, take it. You don't even have to ask me for it. 
You don't have to ask. It's mine. It's yours. Because I love you. Because I love you. And I'll never stop loving you. And it never will there come a time where I withhold any of, my, of what I have from you. Come. So let's, let's, let's worship. Let's enter his presence. I want to just pray real quick. And everyone would just close your eyes. Lord, I just thank you and I praise you, Lord, that you are in this room. I thank you and I praise you that you love each one of us, that you know our stories, you know our hurts, you know our hurts, our, our hopes, our fears. You know all, all, all the people that have walked away from us. You know the loneliness we felt. You know how hard we've tried to put it behind us. Lord, but it's hard because we can't forget. We can even try to forgive, but we can't forget. And all that stuff just adds up and adds up and adds up. Lord, I just pray that I know I don't need to ask, but we just want to sit on your lap today. We just want to sit. Maybe just sit and cry. Because sometimes when, I, when, I, when a child sits in their parents' lap and they're crying and they don't have to speak because the parent's like, I know, I know. I already know. And you know our hearts, Lord, and, and you know we don't need to tell you what's getting to us you already know. Help us get there, Lord. Help us get there. Return to us, Lord, the innocence that we've lost or the love that we've lost, the hope that we've lost and the joy that we have lost, Lord, and help us return to just being your children again. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about The Well and other resources to help you study the Bible, go to thewellministry.co.